Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Around the Natty. Uh, today we have a great show packed full of football. We got Bearcats and Bengals um, to talk about. They got them on the docket. Uh, this is a tale of the two games of sadness, uh, both for different reasons. Uh, so, Logan, do you want to start with sadness or sadness? I'll go sadness on this one, I think. Okay. Now, do you want to go sadness because they should be good or sadness because they're just so bad? I don't know that either are true, but go ahead. Okay. Well, uh, obviously, the Bearcats are sadness because they should be good, and we're going to talk good. about... Yeah, they should... Well, okay, let me rephrase. Because they should have won that game, a.k.a. the bowl game, a.k.a. against Georgia. Yeah, right? so that was the Peach Bowl. Uh did you know that the Peach Bowl was the uh, fifth most watched uh, college football game this year? I did. I saw that. I saw that on Twitter. Uh, yeah, that that's cool. Um, they, you know, the whole world got to witness the Cincinnati curse once once more, right? I'm gonna be real negative. I'm gonna be real negative, and you can both. Are we switching roles today? Is that what's yeah. happening? Yeah, okay. I'm gonna be real negative and see if you can if, see if you can keep the keep the tempo high. You know. Okay. Let's let's test out that theory. But um, okay, okay, okay. So here's my thing, though. Okay. So first of all, obviously the, the Bearcats lost that game to Georgia. It was a nail biter. Went right down to the very end. Um, Georgia kicked a field goal uh, to win the game, a 51 yarder. I mean, it wasn't even like the Bearcats. Get, it's like, crew high. Gashed. I mean, it's it was it was an unreal kick. The man, like we had to swallow a, a hard a hard to swallow pill. Like it is what it is. Um, it's football. It's football. Um, we owned that game for the majority of the game. And um, I will, before you get to your points, I will concede that, yes, we should have won that game based on how we played. But also, understand, going into that game, Vegas has had, the, had Georgia as a nine-point favorite, and we owned their ass the almost the entire game. So here's my thing. No one thought we were going to win. Apparently, um, money said that it wasn't going to be close. I wouldn't say a nine-plus nine point game would be close. So, I don't know. You tell me um, what your thoughts are from there, I guess. Yeah, well, you know, everybody from the, the inside, inside meaning Cincinnati, not the team, but just the city, had a fairly good, good idea that we were the better team. And I think I – think you see, for the most part, showed that it was the better team at that game. But, you know, I, I think I think that the betting doesn't prove anything. I, I think they dominated that game from the beginning to the end. I, I'll, I, I'll, good. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, the game, when the game really turned was when the referees took the games into their own hands and had a bullshit targeting call that... Yes, yes, because I, I'm going dis to disagree with you. That, that's I, when the momentum changed. No, I'm not. It I'm absolutely not did. That, I'm not. No, no, I'm not saying that didn't change the momentum, but I'm not, I'm going to disagree with you that it was a bullshit penalty call. No, no, I didn't say the penalty. I said the targeting was bullshit. The fact that he got I mean, ejected for that was ridiculous. Listen, if you want to, if you want to attack, if you want to attack the rule, I'm all about attacking the rule. But by definition, he did lower the crown of his helmet. No. Yes, no, he, did. he did. Yes, he did. He did. Yes, he did. He did. No, that's not true. That's not. He accurate. did. I wanted him to win, and he did. He did. No. What do you mean, no? Name, name me one play in, in football where an offensive lineman's face mask doesn't touch the face mask of another I player. Mean, I mean, I mean, let's 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 talk here. Let's talk here. Was the hit necessary? Why do you even? Why do you even hit the man? Oh, I agree. Listen, he can't. Listen, Hudson can get, cannot get that penalty. One hundred percent. That's on him. That's on University of Cincinnati, right. the Bearcats football team. I agree. The penalty was terrible. It was bad. But it should have been exactly what it was, a 15-yard penalty, um, you know, unsportsmanlike conduct. That is it. It shouldn't have been able to completely change the face of the game. That's just like saying 
you know, an obvious situation where you, you get called for pass interference, like it shouldn't change. Like in, in college football, especially like we don't even allow it to be a spot foul because it completely changes the dynamics and in the, in the flow and the momentum of a game. And in college football, it's so important. I think it's so much more than the NFL. And so for that to be allowed by the referees to completely change the game is ridiculous. And it's not even, it wasn't even correctly interpreted in terms of the way the rule was written. I mean, you know, if that's a discussion you want to have about that panel, about that that rule, I like. But to be honest with you, I think I think a majority of football fans agree with you. Uh, you know, going to uh, the the Clemson Ohio State game, you saw the same thing. That was also uh, terrible. I mean, by rule, that's the rule. Like it's the rule. Like he lowered that, the that one. That one I can more of helmet. an argument for. But even then, like, you also – the rule also is written in a way that interprets intent. And, like, what ha- in that play, for example, it, it is a bullshit rule, and that's a separate conversation we can have. But just to finish that point, like, that was also ridiculous. Justin Fields was coming down and sliding. He was just trying to get below his pad shelf to not hit him in the head. But Justin Fields kept on do- dropping down, and it happened naturally. Now, it was poor form. It was – that's not how you're taught to tackle at any level. But, you know, it happens, and it is what it is. Again, I just don't – first of all, you see that was not the correct call. And even when it is the correct call and the, and the rule is officiated absolutely as written, it's, it's a terrible rule. It is horrible to actually remove these kids who only get, for example, this year, maybe six games if you're in the Big Ten, to play. That's ridiculous. That is horrible. Yeah. Listen – I'm not here to argue this rule with you. I think UC had a fantastic showing. Um, for the most part, I am going to gripe. I am going to harp here a little bit. Uh, I think the game clock management at the end was piss poor. I think it was piss poor. I think it was, um, I think it was careless. You know, I, 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 that's like the only gripe. You know, outside of losing the game, the only gripe I have is is the clock management at the end. Think about. Okay, when we look back at the Marvin Lewis era, okay. what was one of the biggest complaints about the Marvin Lewis era of 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 the, of the Bengals? Are you going to say he, he was put, too conservative? He, he was too conservative. He coached scared all the time. You know what I love? Luke Fickle and his staff said, "You know what? We have trust in our offense to go out there and punch him in the mouth, like we've been doing all day. Yeah. We're going to do it." And and honestly, outside of a outside of a penalty, which would have never happened had James Hudson still been in the game. Two of them, actually, in my drive. Which is why I say that completely changed the game, which is true. Outside of those two penalties, they were. They were taking it to them. Those two penalties would really kill the drive. And then on top of that, like I said, I love that he was coaching confident. And even if you have to punt there, you say to your defense, I have confidence in you to stop this team from getting in a field goal position. Which, for most college kickers, they did. They did just that. Most college kickers, the majority of FBS college kickers, could not make that kick. Fair enough. Listen, so I, I my it. only gripe is it. I think you need to. I just think you need to knock more time off the clock. I think that's the smart play, and I think it's the responsible play. Um, but here's my thing: every every play they ran in that almost every play they ran in that possession worked. What didn't work was penalties that shot themselves in the foot. Now, again, you you can make the argument that that's coaching. Absolutely, as even as the backup coming in, like you have to be disciplined, but also understand it was the backup that was in there that, would, that on two on two different instances caused penalty. Now, that's a microcosm. That's one one snapshot. You also had a lot of penalties and other on defense, for example, that extended drives for Georgia that allowed them to get into that position. Again, that's a conversation I'm happy to to have and be open with, and I think that that falls not only on execution but also discipline falls on coaching to a certain extent, and. I think that it's foolish to question the level of discipline that Luke Fickle has been able to instill in mm-hmm. the program. But still, that's a fair that's a fair conversation to have because obviously the discipline was not there when it was needed to be. I'm, I'm happy to sacrifice some discipline for aggression, which I think happened on defense a couple of times. But specifically on that last drive, which is what most people have complained about or referenced in terms of why we lost the game. Those penalties, one, never happened. If the targeting call the targeting call is not made, which it shouldn't have been. Second of all, 
we were still driving on offense. We had made it quite quite a good few uh, quite a few good plays, um, or quite a few good plays going downfield there. We stayed aggressive. We had them on their heels, and that's exactly what we should have done. It would have worked perfectly and fine had the penalties not occurred. And then you uh, still your defense has played mostly well that yeah, game, really well. They, they've held one of the best. One of the better offenses in the SEC, the SEC, by the way, who apparently is just head and shoulders above UC, and being that they're in a Group of Five conference, they could never actually defend Georgia. But by the way, who has held them pretty much in check all game, still played them exceptionally well, exceptionally well, and yeah. put them in a spot where they really, you know, what all the credits to that kicker in the world because he he we didn't give that to him. He won that game, and that's and that's just what it is. Yeah, I mean, listen, as much as I would have liked to win that game um, at any way possible, I definitely think that UC earned some respect in that game from not only Georgia but from the nation. Um, a lot of people didn't think that they had a good game in them, and I think I think UC gave Georgia more than they could handle. Um, at certain points, obviously, they, they couldn't pull out that win, and you know, we can agree to disagree on how the game should have ended um, in terms of play calling. Um, it's just a different philosophy, I guess, and however you want to look I, at it. I don't have a problem with game management, except for, like I said, everything they had done was working great. And had had they won the game, had those penalties not been called, they would have won the game. And had I they mean, won but, the game, everyone would have applauded Luke Fickle for how he stayed aggressive on that last possession. That's true. And you know what? That's part of the game is that, is that when you do things that are a little unorthodox and they work out, you're praised for it. But also, you will have to take the heat when it, you know, doesn't it doesn't pan out like you wanted it to. You know what I mean? So, I, I agree. I agree that I I understand. I'm just saying that I don't. You don't get to have your cake and eat it too. I don't think it's fair to criticize a coach like Marvin Lewis for being conservative all the time and coaching scared and. Because for me, like, if you're aggressive and we lose, I can live with that, which is why, in this for this example, I can live with that. They, they coached aggressive. They, they said, hey, listen, we've been beating your ass all day. We're going to keep on shoving down your throat. We don't care how much the refs are trying to change the game and help you win. It doesn't matter. We're Cincinnati. We're badasses. We're going to come after you, and we're going to show you what this group of five schools got for you because that's what we do here in the Natty. We're gritty, we're nasty, we're mean. We come right at you, and we punch in the mouth. And that yeah. doesn't matter. Talent doesn't matter. Your name doesn't matter. Your fucking conference doesn't matter. We're gonna come at you, and we're not gonna be. We're not gonna be afraid of you. We're not afraid of Georgia, and I love that. And I'm okay. And if, and if we lost because of that, fine. I'm I'm fine with it. You're such a homer when it comes to UC, man. Like no other sports team in Cincinnati turns you into such a homer like UC does. It turns you into like like a logical, like aggressive homer Cincinnati fan. They do no wrong. They're the best team ever. They make no yeah. mistakes. No, I, I, I don't. You, I will. I will. I will agree that I do have a little bit of a soft spot for. You I are don't such know a homer when it comes to the Bearcats, man. But this is objectively true. The things that I'm saying are objectively true. <laughs> yeah, they're super objective, and there's no bias. <laughs> they're objectively true. I, yeah. I didn't say there's no bias. I just said they're objectively true. It just so happens that they match my bias. It just, I don't it just know if they're. Really I don't know if they're objectively true, but that's that's well, a conversation for another. Can day. confirm, objectively true, hundred percent facts. The other factual thing is that I've never lost to Jairikas Fair Harris in a game of pickup basketball. Facts. Nice. He's gotten a new skin. Um, but yeah, uh, and another thing to note on. Uh, on the the tail end, on the day we're recording this, um, Desmond Ritter has confirmed that he will be back for uh, for a senior season, which is awesome. Um, he made this super hype video saying he'll be back, he's going to break all the school records, and then he's going to get up to the playoffs. Um, so that's pre-hype. That's pre-hype. I'm excited that we don't have to do the whole new quarterback thing. At least for another yeah, year. Yeah, think about think about how rare it is, especially for a group of high school, to have a quarterback as well a quarterback play for four years. Like I mean, actually play like start and play for mm -hmm. four years, 
and had the same head coach during that time frame as well. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very rare that you have that. Um, we haven't had that at UC, to my recollection. I don't, most schools haven't had that. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, I, I think 63 FBS schools this year have a coach that's either in their first, second, or third year, which mean, that is to say that obviously 63 schools in the FBS haven't had that kind of continuity yeah. at the coaching level, let alone at the quarterback level. Um, and so I think that it really it, it speaks volumes. Um, and, and honestly, think about it. The other thing that's amazing is under Luke Fickle, we haven't lost a single assistant. Yeah. A major I assistant. Mean, we haven't which lost is, a – Which is crazy because Freeman is, is so good. Freeman is well, so and, good. And, and offers have come his way. It's not like they haven't. I know. Um, and so just I, I think that speaks to the, the what Luke has built there. I think it speaks to how awesome our city is. I think it speaks to how awesome the university is itself. Um, and it's special. It's a special place. I mean, I, I don't think there's anywhere else. I, I really – and I think you've, you you saw it with, with FC Cincinnati. I think you've seen it with UC. When you give us grit, when you give us determination and, and, and excellence, we respond. I, I think that we've been disappointed so much and there's so much negativity surrounding most of our major league sport or our professional sports in this town that we get a, a bad rap for being a bad sports fan base. And I think that it's fair to say that we're a pessimistic one. But like yeah. I said, when you when you've shown when you sh when you win, we will come and we'll come loud and proud and we'll be there. You know, I mean, I'm serious. I mean, like, like I said, like. Like Mike Brown is, is perfectly. I'm just laughing because you said four games a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to tell a story, but I can't. On I can't. Yeah, no, I can't. No. But I want to tell a story, anyways. Um, but yeah, no, like, and, and that's the thing is is we we as a as a as a family, we just crave to win, you know. And, and let's be honest, you know, Cincinnati in general hasn't had. To your point, the curse is is still there. There's not it's been a real. lot to root for for it's a long time. Real man, um, and even when FC went to the USL Cup, you know, and they had a chance to win a championship, they weren't even able to close the deal there. And they were, I think, head and shoulders, the, the like one of the two best teams in in the in the USL that year, um, and, and probably should have won that game based solely on the on the level of play we've had up to that point, and then the talent they had. Um, so it's been tough. It's been hard, and. Um, you know what? This season for the for the University of Cincinnati Bearcats was, was a success. They were undefeated for the first time uh, since its inception. They won the American Athletic Conference uh, championship. I think they may have. I think that's the first time they won. I may be wrong on that one. They might have won the very first year when Butch Jones was still here. I could be wrong. Um, I don't know if those timelines timelines overlap correctly, but that's a huge success. They made it to a, a New Year's Day bowl game. Uh, which yeah, New Year's you know, six. for a group of five is huge. New Year's six is huge for us. Um, I, 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 you know, and, and really probably should have been um, considered for, they should have been, they should have been ranked top six, no doubt in my mind. Um, and they weren't, but they should have been. And, you know, it, it, it was a win. It's a win for the mm -hmm. city. It's a win for the university, and, and especially for that program where, you know, four years ago we were wondering if we're going to get to the freaking, you know, uh, you know, Papa John's fucking, or sorry, the like the Gears of War, bungee coordinated bowl in uh, Birmingham, uh, North Carolina, which I don't even know if it's in the city actually, but where five people would have attended. Like, you know what I mean? The bar has been raised, the level of – and I think that your level of expectation reflects the level of success that the program's had, and that's exactly what it is. We're all upset because they didn't win a Peach Bowl against an SEC team that was supposed to beat them by nine. That's awesome. I think that speaks volumes to where we've come. Yeah, no. I The, the bar has definitely been raised, and that's that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad Tuberville left, um, obviously, and I'm glad – The only thing you can win, apparently, is an election. Yeah, in Alabama. Um but yeah, I'm just glad that that he's gone and Fick has as came in and embraced Cincinnati and and decided to stay even though he had greener greener options available. Um, is is really awesome, and I'm really excited for the next you know 
few years to see, you know, the, the bar continue to raise um, from where we're at now. Because I, yeah. I, to, to me, the only, the only way up from here is the playoffs. Um, that's, that's really the only way up, you know, they've hit as, as high as, as, um, the committee would allow them to. And, and, uh, and regrettably, year. I think as high, and that's the thing too, they controlled everything they could control. They, they won all their games. They won their conference. I mean, handily, we, they beat everybody by, it felt like double digits. Right. And, and I think that we talked about that a lot in the last episode, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think again that for us that's that's a championship game. That's as close as we'll probably ever come to a playoff, um, because the uh, college football playoff committee is a, is a communist group, and <laughs> um, so you know because the American dream in college football doesn't isn't real. You know, no matter, it doesn't matter if you do everything they ask you to do and you work really hard and you and you're the best. It doesn't yeah. matter. It, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. They decided before they decided even when the Big Ten wasn't going to play any football games that the Ohio State University was going to play in the in the, in the college football playoff. Um, they decided that Alabama and Clemson will be there, and then they're like, oh, I don't know who the fourth will be. So, um, but it certainly won't be a group of high school. They they knew that going into it, and it just is what it is. It is what it is. I'm upset. I could talk about it for hours, but uh, let's, yeah, let's yeah. So, um, good season. <laughs> He's angry. Uh, good season, but you know. In review. Yeah, interview. Good season. Um, I'm very excited for this team going forward. Uh, a team that I'm excited to watch, but also hate watching because it hurts me and gives me internal injuries. Uh, is the Cincinnati Bengals? Uh, they ended the season on a high note of of poor play and miscoach. And from what we see already, it doesn't look like it's going to be changing anytime soon, does it, Logan? Yeah, I mean, Mark, or, uh, Mike Brown came out, or ownership came out at least, and I think it was Mike Brown specifically, came out and doubled down. They're going to keep Zach here. Um, are you okay? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, you just threw something at somebody or something. I'm my cat. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, we, can we pause for a sec? Sure. So we had to cut there. Sorry about that. Gamble um, just can't keep the uh, the pussy cats off of him. Um, literally, his cat was was kind of raging in there. So, anyways, what I was saying though was, you know, Mike Brown um, came out and doubled down the fact that brings back Zach Taylor. And for me, it's one of those things where even internally, I'm, I struggle a little bit. You want to keep continuity for your own quarterback. You do. But also understand that I think what we all acknowledge and recognize that this is our guy moving forward. Be and and and, and Joey uh, Joey Bur- Joe Burrow. I was I want to say Joey B. Sorry, Joey Joe Joey Burrow. Burrow. <laughs> Joe Burrow. I, I'm gonna be honest. I haven't eaten today, and this one white claw is already low. kicking me in. Your blood sugar's low. So no, well, I'm already this one white claw is already kicking in. It's terrible. <laughs> um. So, anyways, Joe Burrow is definitely our guy moving forward. Yeah. Look at the most successful teams or the teams that have the great success. Um, it's usually when they either have a quarterback who can carry the team by themselves mm-hmm. and have complete dog shit everywhere else, or um, it's teams with young quarterbacks and rookie contracts that are able to spin um, and, and develop uh, appropriately, but mostly spin in free agency to, to put pieces around that quarterback to be successful. My fear is, is that we're wasting another year of, of, of Joe Burrow. And then I think it is a problem to have him under – like, this is your – if you're going to move on from Zach Taylor while Burrow is under rookie contract, it's got to be this season. And if it's not, then you better be pretty damn sure you're going to stick with him for at least the next three to five years because you don't – what you don't want to have is is this is, – is, you know, a, a discontinuity or, or discontinuing – his development, uh, or you know, taking essentially another gamble on another head coach after this year, like you need you need to, to capitalize on him now. And let's be honest, the Bengals as an organization, uh, because of how terribly they ran, and, and also because of their lack of success the last you know seven years, six years, are not an attractive place for free agents to come. So understand that you really need to utilize this time 
where you have flexibility because you're paying your quarterback so little to put pieces around when you're going to have to overpay for people to come here in free agency. Also understand that hopefully you're not picking top five after this year. So you're not going to be able to, you know, the draft last year was easy. Picking number one overall is easy. When you get the first pick in every single round, you should have a good draft. But we don't know how this coaching staff, how this front office without Marvin Lewis is going to evaluate and, and, and draft talent when the when hopefully they're picking 26 or later. And so, again, I mean, I mean, it's we so do. important. We saw, it, we saw it the first year after Marvin was let go. I mean, what, what did they pick? What did they pick that year? 13. Yeah, and it was a subpar draft. Right, and then that's still that's still a high draft pick. I mean, you're still one of the worst teams in the league easily. We only won, what, six games that year? I mean, it wasn't like they were anything crazy. So, again, it's just – for me, it's frustrating. Um, it looks like they're only going to move on from Jim Turner and a couple of defensive assistants, yeah, both no coordinators. Thing, which, is, right. which, is, which is insane to me. It, it's, it's wild. Uh, you know, at least Anarumo, like, at least Anarumo. Like, we don't – we have no idea – we have no idea what Callahan's doing. We have no idea. There's no transparency into what his responsibilities or or assignments are or how involved he is with, with play calling or anything like that. So, you know, you could you could argue that, you know, maybe we haven't seen anything like that. But Anarumo, at the very least, had to go, in my opinion. I, I see. I, just, I, I think between him and Zach Taylor, I really think Lou Anarumo has outperformed. I think Lou Anarumo has done more with less. And I don't think anyone's done less with more than Zach Taylor. I mean, you still you still have at least top-level talent on the offensive side of the ball. And, and don't hand me – everyone's offensive line is bad. The majority of the league's offensive line is terrible. And teams still win, especially with someone who's athletic and mobile like Joe Burrow. I agree the offensive line's bad needs to be addressed. There's no doubt about it. There's not a question. But still, the play calling was poor. The yeah. the ability – like, think about when, when Joe Mixon was healthy, how little he was involved in the pass game. That's frustrating. Um, you know, I don't I, – and, and I just – you have talent there. Your skill players are good. There's no reason you couldn't score more than they would. We're doing – I don't think there should have been any game where we're scoring less than 20 points. Even yeah. with a bad offensive line, like that's terrible. Um, you know your defense is not good; is not very talented. So why aren't why wasn't our run game better? Uh, especially when Joe Mixon was healthy. Um, and my thing is, is like it was obvious, like uh, that uh, Giovanni Bernard was able to come in and have some success. So yeah, something wasn't right there. Something wasn't right there, and and, and I can't help. To, Joe Mixon's talented. I can't help to think that being as talented as he is, that he couldn't have success. Without it has to be a play calling issue, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I mean, we saw we saw last year, we saw him struggle the whole first half of the season. They mixed it up, and then he ended up having over a thousand yards rushing. Um, so it's it's you know I don't know if it's I don't know if it's an ineptitude to change or or a refusal um, to change or whatever. Well, that's the other thing, too. How many games did we come out in the first half? And offensively, we looked great. Yeah. And we and a lot of times we – and then the second half, we come out, the defense makes an adjustment. We fail to do that. I mean, and, I, I mean, I think our I think our third quarter scoring was the worst in the league. Yes. Um, all season. Yeah, we it got was last. It was last in the yeah. NFL. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what – that, that's always been an Achilles heel of the Bengals is the lack of halftime adjustments, which is something that when we when – we, moved on from Marvin Lewis was was something I'd hoped we would get. I, I just hoped it was something that we would get. Like, I don't even care if you come out, like, guns a-blazing at half. But just to, like, look like you've actually, like, learned what happened in the first half. I feel like every time it's it's a cut and then it's the same shit. It's like it's like they started again. The, 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 the reality is, is that I think the best coaches, the best coordinators specifically, are the ones that are able to go into halftime and make adjustments, and as well as when the other team makes adjustments, to then adjust to the adjustments yeah, and set your team up for success. And I just don't think that happens enough offensively. Yeah. And I think that as Zach Taylor being this offensive coach, this, this quarterback guy, 
the play caller, but that falls mostly on him. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and, yeah. I, and I'm fine with bringing him back, but I don't know if it's appropriate to have a first-time head coach who has demonstrated his, an, an inability to effectively call plays and make adjustments in the second half to allow him to continue calling the plays. I, I just don't think that's responsible. I don't think that's uh, – Lou Anarumo, I wouldn't have been upset to let go either. But I think of the two, Lou Anarumo was the better coordinator. I think he did more with less, um, certainly. And, and, and you know, I think that like the, the best talent on the team – Played like they're the best talent, the most talented on the team. Jesse Bates was one of the best safeties in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus. Was the best safety Stub, in the NFL. Snub. He got snubbed from all pro, by the way. Yeah, I, well, he played for the Bengals. I don't, I, I, that doesn't surprise me at all. We're Cincinnati. And we he's a Pro Bowl fact. snub, which I don't care yeah. as much about. I mean, for Christ's sake, the city of Norwood gets more respect than we do, which is ridiculous. But so, anyways, uh, you know, I, I'm digressing, I suppose, but I'm not happy about it. Um, I'm definitely happy to see Jim Turner go. See you goodbye. Yes. But, oh you know, my god! But you know what? You know what's more concerning? Zach Taylor has no coaching ties. Has has no no one's going to want to come work for the staff. So and, and not uh, the because guy the, from the Lions. The guy from the Lions is interviewing. I think he's interviewing today, as of this recording. Not bad. Not bad. I don't know. Did you see how often Matt Stafford was hurt? That was not exciting for me. Um. Their line was ranked ninth overall. I'll take it. He's also he's also managed the development of Frank Ragnow. Um, I'll take that as well. I'm not saying he's the perfect guy. I'm, I, you know what? To be honest with you, I was happy with Frank Pollock. I don't even know why they let him go in the first place. Um, that's like my biggest gripe with with Jack well, Taylor is he brought in all uh, his fucking friends. I don't think. Well, I don't think. And I, here's what here's what here's what really happened to me. Frank Zach Taylor had. No coaching tree, so he went out and hired a bunch of guys who didn't have jobs that he just knew from the 2015 Miami Dolphins, yeah. and they were unemployed. And part of that, like I said before, I've mentioned this, it was part of, partially the, the Bengals' fault. They wait, they waited way too long in the hiring process. Like for example, like this week, we're going to know most of the people who let go of their head coaches who their head coaches are going to be, and most of those head coaches are going to have exactly almost down to a T who their um, assistant coaches will be. And we didn't hire Zach Taylor to almost goddamn two weeks before the draft. I mean, for Christ's sake, that was terrible. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, he, did, he, 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 I, he still is, is not going to be able to find coaches of high caliber to come in. Frank Pollock, I don't even think was necessarily like let go per se. I don't think they're able to retain him. The Bengals also pay their assistant coaches uh, less than anyone else in the entire league. No, they dropped him when Zach was hired. They, he, they said, see ya. Which to me was absurd. absurd. I don't think you. I don't think you would have come back if he was offered. I I think he was assigned, and then they said, "Nah, bye." I don't know. Anyways, just stupid for Jim Turner. You know, and now they gotta. Now they gotta. You, you and I were talking about this the other day. Is like they've dug such a hole in O line that the rest of the team is just is just hurting because of it. And it's like. If they ever eventually dig out of this hole that they've dug at O-line, it's like, don't ever go there again. Don't ever go there again. Pay them whatever not, you want to pay them. It's not like they haven't tried through, with draft capital. They're just bad at it. I, I can't say they haven't. I can't, I can't honestly say they haven't tried. They're just terrible. It's drafted Cedric Abwehi and and, and, and uh, Jake Fisher, and they just were bad. You know, and, and um, uh, you know, they're, they're probably going to miss out on Panay Sewell. Um, it doesn't. Uh, there, there's not any really anyone in free agency who they're going to be able to get. Um, Why? Would what do you mean? Huge, there's, there's not a ton of great offensive tackles on, in free agency this year. They can go after Sunni. I mean, he's not a tackle, but. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I, I. Our biggest problem is right tackle, I think, and then obviously the guard spots are terrible. Dude, but like, I think I think right guards are weakest spot, bro. I mean, now they gotta now they gotta go at uh they gotta go at center too with. With Trey Hopkins going down with an ACL tear, and and it, Pro Football Focus rated Trey Hopkins as pretty terrible this year too. And I, I mean, I, the I, whole line was, outside of Jonah is terrible. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, and Jonah Williams will probably miss the start of the season as well, um, with an injury. So, 
I don't know if he'll be the answer either at left tackle, which is another draft pick that you've essentially wasted. And that's not their fault. Again, it's just, I mean, it's been injury, but um, he's obviously shown that he's not going to be available very often. I mean, I don't know if he's shown that. Like, I get he's been injured a little bit, but, like, I don't know if he's necessarily shown he's injury prone. He got leg whipped. He's missed more games than he's played. He's been in the league two years. Relax. Relax. He's mi- yeah, and he's missed more games Relax. than he's played. I'm just telling you. Relax. I don't know what the stat is, but I'd be willing to bet of left tackles drafted in the top 15, he's missed more games in the first two seasons than any other. Relax. Just uh, just take a breath. Shut up, take a shut breath. up Aaron Rodgers, you little yeah. punk. What? You, you remember Aaron Rodgers, that one famous interview, or uh, post-game interview, he goes, R-E-L-A-X. Relax. And they had they're like one and five to start the season. Did they go to the playoffs that year? They did, but Mike McCarthy still got fired. Yeah, yeah. Because he sucks. He does suck, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Which he is sad, does. I, at I one point I wanted them good. to hire. I thought he was going to be good. Me too. I wanted them to hire him at one point. Yeah. You better slow down on this boy. Hey. Um. But yeah, I uh, I'm not gonna harp on it anymore. I think we're gonna wait till we see a little bit of a little bit of motion um, that coaching staff before we talk about it any further. Um, right now, it's all speculation. Who knows? Maybe it makes a world of difference. My my uh, my thoughts are it's gonna make very minimal impact to the team. I just you know you just hope that they go out and they spend a free agency and they draft well again. Um, GCPFF ranked us as the best draft class. Um, Again, like you said, easy to do when you're picking first in each round, but yeah, that should absolutely happen when you're the yeah. first pick in each round. You should absolutely be the best. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on the team. Uh, they got a bunch of position coaches to fill up. You know, I know that's not the most exciting, uh, but at least it's a little bit of turnover from a staff that's been so so bad. Um, but really, really for me, all that's left to think about the Bengals is is free agency and draft picks. You know. Um, one thing that's been lacking from the red, but we're not going to go into that. Um, but yeah, so uh, I know that you wanted to do a little round of love it or shove it. Yeah, so are you ready? Your favorite game. It is my favorite, favorite game. game. Yeah, hit me. Love it or shove it. All right, so <laughs> love it or shove it. Joe Burrow will win a playoff game before the end of his career with the Bengals. I love it. I mean, that's that's a no-brainer. Uh, you know, I think I think the, the Bengals have their, shorts co- their shortcomings. However, I don't think they're completely incompetent. Um, I think they're able to support, you know, young quarterbacks, a.k.a. that they've only had, you know, two, you know, main quarterbacks since, what, 2001, 2002? Um I think that they – why are you staring at me like that? You're just wrong. Go ahead. I'm wrong. You said it was a no-brainer. Yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. I think they get back to the playoffs at some point. I said, does he, a, does he win a playoff game? Oh! Your mic's muted or something. Hello? Oh, now I can hear you. Go ahead. I misheard. I misheard. Yeah. I, I thought you said, do they make a playoff game? Does Does he win a playoff game during his career at the Bengals? Okay. I again, I still love it. Okay. I think it's a no brainer. Um, I misheard the question. When you said uh, no brainer, Mike, they haven't won one in thirty years. I don't know yeah. that no brainer is ever an appropriate response. No, I, 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 I love the confidence. I just don't <laughs> think you're correct. I definitely misheard the question. I definitely misheard the question. But I, I, I still, I still love it. I think, I think Joe's got something that. Um, you know, not a lot of our quarterbacks have had in a long time. Um, you know, we we had Blandy Dalton for eight nine years, and nice. You're on the Blandy Dalton tray. I like, yeah, I like and it. I, yeah. with with him, he usually he usually shrunk in the big moment. He and shrunk. he did for Dallas he, as well. They, they needed yeah. to win that game last week. Yeah, he just shrinks, and and with Joe, Joe embraces it. Um, he he thrives in the big moment. He lives for the for the game winning play, and I just think he's a player you can win because of, which is something we haven't had since Carson Palmer. So, 
Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead. Uh, I hate I hate to do it, but I'm gonna shove it. I, I think of no no fault of Joe Burrows at all. Um, I don't foresee them winning a, a game. I think they'll end up, and they have so far wasted his career. I think they should have made a coaching change this year. Dude, it's, it's, I think it'll be after his rookie year. I think it, it was a damnation. They they had the opportunity. They had an opportunity to go out there and put some protection around them. They failed to do that. The coaching staff has failed to do that. I think that it's it's one of those things where it's regrettable. Um, but they've demonstrated that they're in, uh, they have the inability to put good pieces around uh, a, a star quarterback as they did with Carson Palmer. Um, they failed. They failed to put it, give him uh, an opportunity to succeed. And uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. I think that the, at that time, I think that more that you could have won uh, with Carson Palmer. I think Arizona did it well. Um, and and uh, and that was what, towards the end of his career before he was a star. So I, I'm gonna chub it. With them either. I, I think. I think that's silly to say that we wasted his career, but you know. I said I think they're going to. No, you said they, they have, did. They've they so far in his already. career, they've wasted his career. So far, they have. Yeah. It's a year after his rookie year. He was breaking all sorts of records. He was on. Yeah, he tore, he was, well, but he didn't. He didn't break the records. He tore his ACL because of. Rel, of relax. R e l a x. If I was next to you, I'd punch you. Say I'm glad yeah. I'm not. Go ahead with the next one. Okay. Love it or shove it. The University of Cincinnati Bearcats basketball team should move on from John Brandon after the season. Now, if I think they should, do I love you would it say or love it. shove it? You love it if you want them to fire him. I, uh, I want to hear your answer first. You go. Um, I, I, I shove it. I think that just like Travis Steele, um, and, and Travis Steele for the, the Xavier Musketeers, for the sorry for the Norwood Xavier Musketeers, um, had the benefit of being able uh, to actually be in the program already. He he knew he didn't have to navigate anything new there. Um, he had already been a part of their recruiting process before. Um, he had that benefit, and it still took him. Uh, listen, they they have they've been barely over five hundred. Every season so far, um, and they still and they haven't won the, the, the their their conference despite having uh, significant talent return to them. Um, John Brandon has in his first season he won the conference, uh, uh, so um, with guys that weren't his, I think you need to give him at least four years to get his system in, get his guys in. Um, you know, obviously his first year recruiting was a year that was uh, COVID um, was impacted by COVID, and so I think that. Uh, even though I'm really, 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 really upset with how things are going currently, uh, they did just have a big win against SMU the other night. They locked up. He's shown that he's willing to make adjustments. Um, uh, Vote and uh, Mamadou Diara only played 20 minutes combined the other night. Um, I think that they play important minutes and play an important role in the team, but I think he's realizing that they can't play um, extended minutes. He's made adjustments. They played small the other night. Jacob Eason looks like he's going to be promising and looks like he's able to actually protect the rim, which is what he came here to do. Um, Micah, Adam, Micah Adams-Woods, which is, which is one of his first guys um, that he was able to keep here in terms of recruiting, um, has, again, shown promise and has done well. I think that he deserves at least four, four seasons to, to prove that he can get it done, um, and maybe even a fifth because of COVID. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to shove that. I think he deserves another chance, uh, but I'd like to see them win quickly. Yeah, I agree, um, and I think you hit it. I hit. I think you hit it directly on the head, and and this is true for any college coach. Um, I, I think you have to give a college coach four years um, to really evaluate them as a complete coach, because you know one thing that's unique to college coaches compared to you know pro, you know professional sports is is they have a an an, an extra aspect. Um, in recruiting that's important um that they do uh and you know they also have to build build around their idea of what of what you want the team to look like and how you want the team to function and you definitely need your guys to do that um you have to you have to find the type of player that fits your scheme and how you want to do things um and i think that's important you know in in, in all sports um especially basketball so um i definitely think uh, you know, especially since I thought they performed well last year. Um, it wasn't fantastic, but they definitely performed well. And I think, yeah, I think he, I think he managed 
both um, um, Jair and I mean, Cumberland didn't they beat like Tennessee ego well. Yes. I think yeah, that he managed awesome. Jair and Cumberland. Oh, maybe not. Maybe not. Was that they, a year they before? That they may have dropped that game last year because they were, they were one point underdog at home, and I think they dropped think that they game. Beat, I think they beat Tennessee. I can't I remember. I can't remember now. I I, you there. might be right. I it feels like millennia ago, by the way. Yeah, it does. So um, it, it's just been COVID and how poorly they've been playing. Yeah. It's just freaking yeah. depressing, man. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you what. And I think that one thing I'll say is is that um, – oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Her guy's name. Um, Scott. Um Trey Scott? Trey Scott. Trey Scott played out of this How was that about? I don't know. I just had to – I could not. I just completely <laughs> blanked. But Trey Scott played extremely well, flourished under John Brandon. I think that part of that was – I think part of that was John Brandon. Um, obviously, you know, uh, Mick had him for three years and, and didn't see that kind of success from him. So I think that was huge. Um, I mean, so. but you also saw, you also saw uh, Cumberland shrink. Well, that's because the offense changed to actually having a, a system offense and versus, all right, Jaron, we're going to let you dribble until there's five seconds on the shot clock and then you go out there and do something. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. What I will all say right. is I think defensively it, it, things look worse this year. So um, yeah. that's something I'd like to see how – once he's able to implement his guys into the system, how that right. changes every time. So. Right. All right. All right. Ready for the next one? Yeah, go ahead. Love it or shove it, the Bengals will win at least eight games next season. To give you an idea, to give you a basis, of, we play Baltimore at home, Cleveland at home, Green Bay at home, Kansas City at home, San Diego, sorry, Las Vegas, nope, Los Angeles Chargers at home, uh, Minnesota at home, Pittsburgh at home, and Jacksonville at home, and then away we play Baltimore, Chicago, Cleveland, Denver, Detroit, Oakland, sorry, Las Vegas, goddammit, Steel, uh, Pittsburgh, and uh, New York Jets. Yeah, I shove it. Uh, I, you know, there's not much movement from the team in terms of anything that's looking towards being productive. Um, you know, they're going to add talent. I think uh, the, to the degree of how how effective that talent's going to be. I thought they did a fairly good job in free agency last year. I think Von Bell's a good addition. Um, I think if DJ Reader could have stayed healthy, he'd, he was a good addition. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, they didn't really move the needle that much. They added it in positions that don't really move the needle. I think if they add a couple playmakers on, on that on that uh, on the offense and or on, I mean on the defense and and shore up that line a little bit, then we're in a better spot. But I just don't see it happening. Uh, so I, I do not see them winning that many games. So here's what I'll say is I'm going to say I love it because I hope like hell that Zach Taylor coaches for his life because if they don't win eight games, he should be fired. Mm-hmm. You have what should be a star quarterback. Granted, he's coming off an ACL injury, which I'm sure will be used as an opportunity for Mike Brown to, to, to find his way and talk himself into keeping Zach Taylor. But mm-hmm. you, you, have a top, you have top five picks in every round of the draft. You have a star quarterback. You've you've got your quarterback. You've got your top receivers being Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins returning. You have your best defensive, your best player on defense returning. He's under contract and Jesse Bates. Um, you have continuity now and de- on your defensive coordinator and your offensive coordinator. You better win eight games. And by the way, in theory, you're supposed to have one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. You're supposed to. You won't, but it ends up being a pretty tough schedule. But you should. Um, yeah, that schedule looked tough. Yeah, I mean. Here's my thing. I think that re- reasonably, you should you should beat uh, Jacksonville. You should beat Detroit, who will no longer have Matt Stafford. You should beat uh, Denver. Wait, wait, what? Where's he going? You think? Uh, I think I'm going to New England. Yeah, I think I'm going to New England. But um, you should beat. Um, I think I think you should beat Chicago, uh, even though they're playoff team. I don't think they're very good. They're not very good. And you should beat the Jets. So there's, there's. I think I just listed four games where you should win. I think you should at least be able to split with Cleveland and Baltimore. I don't think Baltimore is that impressive. 
Um, I think that you, sh I think that you could beat um, uh, Minnesota. I think it's possible to beat Las Vegas, um, and I think it's possible. To, it's, it's obviously possible to beat the Steelers because we did it this year and we're terrible. Hell so, yeah, dog. So I think there's no reason he can't win. There's no reason that you can't win eight games. Um, I think that uh, I don't. I don't necessarily think that they will, but I think they should. And so I'll go love it for that reason. And absolutely, uh, Zach Taylor should not be the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals anymore if they cannot win eight games next season. No, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Do you have any more? I mean, I, I think we're getting close to wrapping up here. We're at about an hour. Yeah, I got my last one here. Last one. Okay, hit me. Love it or shove it. The University of Cincinnati Bearcats will go undefeated next year and win a bowl game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I love it. I love it. I I love the direction this team's going. Uh, they got they got Desmond back for another year. Uh, he, you know, it's continuity with Fick, and I, you know, I just think they're well coached. They're well oiled machine, baby. You know? God damn it, I love it as well. They're gonna win. They're gonna get snubbed by those goddamn communists again. We're gonna be there, baby. We'll be American champs again. We'll be snubbed from college football playoffs by the committee because they're scrubs. They won't watch a single one of our games, even though we went undefeated this year. We'll do it again next year. We've got Fit coming back. We've got Desmond Ritter coming back. Um, I think our run game will be will be great again next year. I think the defense will look great. Um, mm -hmm. I think that we. I think we have. I bet you we have at least two people drafted in the the first two rounds of the draft next year. Mm -hmm. And um, no doubt in my mind that they have a, a sour taste in their mouth from that Georgia game. They now have been there. They've done that. They're going to come back in next year. They're going to smash people in the mouth. Um, absolutely. Let's go. Let's go, UC. Here we go. Let's go, Cats. And yes. I love that. I love that. And to be honest with you, I'm good to end on that on that, on that rally cry that, that gets us off oh. the Bengals' sadness. A Bengal sadness, you know? Oh. You see? Oh, shit. I just had solar surgery. Oh, I can't do that yet. Yeah, it's pretty uh, dumb. Why did you do that? I don't know. It hurt very bad. Um, but, yeah. So, uh, we didn't do it last time, so we'll do it this time. Let's plug some socials. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, go. You do the Around the Natty ones. Okay. You can follow us at, on Twitter, and it's the same on Instagram, at around underscore the underscore natty. Yeah, that's same um, for Instagram I, as well. You said that. Did I say? I think I said that. I think oh, okay. I said that. I think it's, he has no faith in me, but I said that. Uh, you can follow the. Uh, you can follow me at. Um, I don't remember my new Twitter. Chow it doesn't matter what my Twitter is. Chow underscore Logan. Chow underscore Logan. And Gamble is Gurley Hummin. at G I R L I E H U M M I N. I still don't get it. Um, you won't ever. But uh, anyways, um, I'm Logan. I'm Andrew. And we'll catch you around the natty. Shut up and sit down.